Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the jazz queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. With the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the jazz queen. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. The Jazz Queen. It is Sunday, March 1st, 2020. Welcome to the show. If you'd like to join us in the chat room, please visit TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Click on the Listen Live button just above Kenny Thomas' picture. That will bring you into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485. 5485. Let me welcome Josh in, in Germany to the chat room. Hey, Josh, good to see you as always. Um, Miss, Mr. Thomas, is this you on the phone? Yes, good afternoon. Hi, I don't know what happened. You came on before and then you went off and you came back on, so I'm not sure what's, oh. what happened there, but happy to have you on. Certainly, me too. Yes. All right. So let me introduce my guest today. Drummer Kenny Thomas believes that art reflects life and focuses on developing social skills and cooperative interaction through drumming. Contemporary jazz, mixing drive swing numbers and smooth jazz tracks for the modern jazz fan. His new release and the band Life Force new release is called Wood Lawn. Again, Kenny, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Happy to have you on. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. My pleasure. So, you know, I went to your website, and you have a lot going on. So I have a lot to talk to you about today. But first, we're going to start with the CD. So tell me about Woodlawn. Yes, Woodlawn is a collection of songs that reflect my uh, upbringing in Chicago and the jazz influences that I've had over the years. And I just wanted to have a modern concept. As I've explained in some press releases, um, uh, my influences have been historic from Art Bleakie and the Jazz Messengers to mid-period with the Jazz Crusaders, Joe Sample, Wodenfelder, mm-hmm. and the modern times with uh, Tony Williams, this uh, drummer from Miles Davis. And the... Uh, expression of contemporary jazz mixed in with classic jazz and that's what I try and reflect in my music yeah yeah so now have you been playing drums your whole life I mean did you start like a little boy in your mother's kitchen banging on her pots and pans (laughs) that's exactly right (laughs) but I tell you um later on when I was an adolescent I started in my well get out of the kitchen and I went to my bedroom and I had a I'll tell you I had a series a window fan and a fruit box, one of those wooden fruit boxes with the wooden slats, and that's what I used just to get started um, to see what it was all about. And then later, of course, I got into playing a full drum set at a friend's house, a guitar player whose name just happens to be John Thomas, and uh, we uh, just came up together in the late 60s and very early 70s and sprung from there. Oh, okay. Now, you do a lot of... um... You have you do a lot of teaching in your drumming. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, sure. Well, I got into education as an outspring of just developing my concept of the world music of, that I had studied. And as a teacher, you want to express things for, for through students and have them have a, a means, of, an outlet for um, artistic expression. And I found that a world drumming is a the wonderful vehicle for that because you can enc- encompass 
culture and history and uh, ethnic studies through through drumming, through Asian drumming, African drumming, uh, Caribbean drumming, and uh, the, the students love it. They we gather and uh, play uh, in what are I shouldn't call them drum circles, but just uh, seminars in schools, and uh, the kids love it, and uh, they get a lot of a lot of uh, just uh, knowledge out of it. So now, do you teach like you know in outside of the U.S.? Uh, I did. I taught in Japan for many years. I was at a, a girls' high school. I was the uh, what's called the coach, the uh, band coach there, not the band director, because it was an uh, extracurricular after-school program, the music uh, band program, and so I was the band coach. Um, so basically it was the same as a concert band here in middle school and high school. And uh, that was a wonderful experience because I had to do it all in Japanese, of course. Ah. <laughs> and uh, just, yes, we did the, they did the same thing, the uh, Washington Post March, the Sousa Marches, and uh, other uh, Benjamin Britten's uh, uh, concert band pieces. So the, the, the vocabulary, the literature was the same as pretty much all around the world, European concert bands, American concert bands. And uh, it was an all-girls school. I, I tell the story, there was a, a young girl, she was, I'm going to say, four foot nine, about, maybe. And she played the tuba, <laughs> the oh. large tuba, if you're familiar with the sousaphone. And she was very good at it. And uh, all you can say is, you can do anything you want. And don't let, let anything hold you back. You can do anything you want. So that was a story that I often tell. Oh, that's interesting. That's awesome. So now, Life Force is the name of your band? Yes. Life Force is actually, we started the group Life Force myself and bass player Curtis Robertson Jr. and, as I said previously, guitarist John Thomas and uh, saxophonist John uh, Jan Thompson. We started that in the uh, early 70s, 72, 73, uh, after we got out of school and were in high school and about to move on to college. And it was an expression of, a, like I said before, just the inspiration of Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers and the Jazz Crusaders. It was a Sometimes it's called fusion, but we were just trying to integrate all the experiences and studies and history that we learned in jazz and uh, put it together. And we called it Life Force because we were motivated. This was our this was our life. This was the force that was uh, projecting us into the future. So it became Life Force, and it stuck. Mm, okay. Well, let's take a listen uh, to the first track that I'm going to play, and that's called Two Cities. Tell me about this one. Well, okay. Now, one thing that I am always uh, encouraged by is the double entendre. And two cities reflects where I am now. I live in Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. And these are two cities. They're called the Twin Cities, actually. Um, And it's just, it becomes a reference to any place that has a couple of cities together. For example, New York and uh, New Jersey City. They're right across the river from each other. And uh, Chicago itself and Evanston City, which are, you across the street and you're in a different city. (laughs) Uh, And same thing in Japan, for example, Osaka City, where I lived in Kobe City. They're just a train right away. They're neighbor cities. And think about in uh, Europe, where you have uh, um, Buddha and Pest across the, uh, what's the name of that river? I forget the name of the river in Hungary. Uh, But many cities are close together. And I wanted the reflection of uh, the unity of communities. So that's what Two Cities was, the unity of communities, Two Cities. All right. So from drummer Kenny Thomas, a release, new release called Woodlawn, this is Two Cities.
have it. Two cities from a drummer, Kenny Thomas, new release, yeah. Woodlawn. So, mm-hmm. Kenny, um, Joe, Joe in Germany, he's in the chat room, and he says the name of the river is the Danube in Budapest. That's the Danube. Thank you very yeah. much, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and he also mentioned about this track, Two Cities. He says, I like that track. That track, it has a jam session vibe. Uh, yes, well, the, the players on it are just excellent. They're all leaders in their own right. Um, in fact, the uh, the keyboard player was just uh, uh, selected to be the piano chair head at the Herbie Hancock Institute of Studies, Jazz Studies in UCLA. So he's going to have that office chair, you know, locked down and teaching jazz piano there and, of course, playing with the band. So he's pretty busy. <laughs> Oh, awesome! Good for him. Congratulations. That's great. So yeah, now you mentioned here. that you mentioned that you taught in Japan. Did you have to learn the language, or did you speak it already? Well, I'll tell you the story. I first started going to Japan with tours in uh, 1979, uh, spring of 1979, and I, I fell in love with the country. And of course, uh, I got interested in their culture and dabbled in their language. And as I've explained to several people, I, I taught Japanese at high school here for uh, a year at uh, St. Um, Paul High School, Harding High School. And uh, the idea of studying Japanese is calligraphy. They're characters, and musicians use the same style of characters in music notation. And so mm-hmm. I associated the music notation with the Japanese characters, and it was much easier to learn it that way because of the similarities. So, yes, it, it was a, a, a pleasure learning the, the language. I started going there in 79, as I said, and I would go go there yearly with different tours. I went there with a band out of Detroit in, at first in 1979 and then with a disco band and then with a, a jazz group later on. And, uh, of course, I just uh, became uh, familiar with the Japanese, and I studied the language as I do with everything. I'm a, I'm an educator. I want to study and learn things. And I began uh, playing with a Japanese uh, jazz organist uh, for King Records, uh, Toshihiko Kankawa, um, jazz trio similar to Jimmy Smith in Japan. And so I worked with him for a long time, many years, and a jazz trio in Osaka. We did television shows, and we became a, a regular at a jazz club called Jazz House Diary. We were the house band there. So I was, I was pretty busy um, doing different things around the country and uh, television and the radio. And uh, I did a a single actually there, a song I wrote uh, with a, a vocal group. Um, the song was called Graduation Day, uh, dedicated to the students there in Japan for graduating because uh, Japanese schools, they their school year is from April until March. So they're, they're going to be having graduation pretty soon um, in the next couple of weeks. Oh, now that I think of it, they're not going to have graduation because of the epidemic they've got in schools. Uh, uh, close for a month. That's going to be interesting now that I think of it, how they're going to work that. But anyway, I, I re- did this song called Graduation Day, and I got some airplay because it had the young choir on it and whatnot. Uh, and then, of course, I came back to the States in 1994 to go to grad school. Um, so I spent a lot of time in Japan uh, at length, about 12 years. Hmm. Have you been back since? Uh, no, I haven't because I've been here. Um, I'm married to a woman here. We live in, o- in Oakdale, and I play with my band uh, 
and I've got to show the ceiling. As a matter of fact, at the Astrid Cafe with the guitar player. Uh, so after this uh, conversation, I'm going to just pack up my drums and head over to Minneapolis. But I've been pretty active. It's a good good musical environment here. There's a lot of cafes and jazz places to play in, and um, uh, life is going well. And this uh, the album is getting a lot of airplay and uh, uh radio here in the, the Twin Cities in Minneapolis and in Chicago and Denver, so I'm very, very thrilled. I just want to get out and play, ready to get to some festivals, you know. Yeah. You know, um, I've been doing this show for almost 12 years and I haven't oh, interviewed great. a lot of drummers. I think you might be number three or four. Um, <laughs> and I always like to know what would that they, you know, because the first drummer I interviewed told me that he preferred a certain wood in his drum, and it never dawned on me that that might would be the case with drummers. So is there a uh, oh, absolutely in your drums? Yeah. Now, I use it. You might want to, some callers might also comment on it. I like to use a maple shell drum. I've used maple shell drums for 30 years. Uh, differences. I had a Ludwig, I had a Yamaha, I had a Pearl. Uh, I actually had a Tama too, but that wasn't a maple. That was a Cortex. Uh, I just used that in Japan because an agency provided that for a tour. But I'm playing Gretsch drums now, and it's a, a maple shell. Because of the resonance, the uh, wood, they have different. Um, uh, just the thickness of the wood is different, and you want a wood that's going to resonate and have a nice warm vibration. And so I have liked maple myself. Some some drummers like oak or birch. Um, that's their preference. It's a little bit harder, more for I would say uh, heavy rock. Not necessarily for rock, but it's harder. I'll, I'll just put it that way. My maple is a warmer wood for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, when I interviewed that first artist, um, I think it was um, Eric Valentine, and I just didn't. It never dawned on me that there was a wood that you, you drummers preferred to use. So that's interesting. I always like Absolutely. to ask that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Well, same as all, okay. all instruments. I'll, I'll put it this way: any wood instrument has a resonance and. The type of wood will give you the different resonance. Some of it's hard and it becomes bright. Some of it's wood and it's a softer sound. If you ask a violinist or a bass player or um, cello player, they'll tell you the same thing. A guitar player, they'll say the same thing. Um, you want a wood that's going to have this, the kind of projection, either bright or soft or very mellow, that you want to play with. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. I learned something new again about drums, so thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, the next track is Blackstone Aria. Tell me about this one. Well, now, this is going to be a little bit of a story. Now, Blackstone Aria, I actually created when I was in high school. I wrote the frame of it, the melody and the bass structure in 1971 mm. as a school project uh, in, a, in my music school at Kenwood High School in Chicago. The uh, Honorable Dr. Lena McLean, the music teacher, bless her soul, uh, she had us doing heavy music construction. She wanted us to learn. That's why I've got my impetus to study and learn because knowledge was key. And she had us studying uh, composition and uh, melody and theory at this that age. I was, I was, what, 16, 17 years old? So we had to learn those things. And one of the things we had to do for graduation was to write a composition. And... Uh, uh, as, of course, I said, like as a jazz musician studying jazz at that time, I was studying rock too and blues and R&B, but I was more into jazz. And 
I got this melody in my head, and the melody was there. So okay, then I needed a. You have to make it linear, which means I need a, a bass line and then chords to accompany it. So I constructed that at the time with grand piano in the choir room, and it was a basic outline. It's modified now, of course, but mm-hmm. um, the name Blackstone Aria is derived from the street that our high school, Kenwood High School, was on in Hyde Park neighborhood of uh, uh, Chicago. It's on Blackstone Avenue. And the word aria refers to a vocal piece that projects the the melody of the the uh, song into the sky. That's an aria. Mostly it's used for opera and uh, uh, choir, not an aria, which is mean, means a soaring song. Mm-hmm. And so I made Blackstone Aria to mean this soaring song from my neighborhood, you know, which is, uh, I grew up on Woodlawn Avenue, actually, in Blackstone, where our high school was, three, four blocks away. So that was our neighborhood, Hyde Park, and Blackstone Aria is a tribute to that neighborhood. Awesome. All right. I'm talking to drummer Kenny Thomas. And by the way, his first name is spelled K-E-N-N-E. There's his yes. new release. <laughs> called Woodlawn, and if you want to call in with a question or a comment for Kenny, the phone number is 646-716-5485, 646-716-5485. This is Blackstone Aria.
All right, Black Code Aria. <laughs> Joe in the chat room says, sounds like an upright bass, good old swing. Oh, you know it. That, that bass player, his name is Ted Olson. He's a, just an excellent player. He plays most of the uh, stage shows and the uh, uh, in, um, just the concerts around town. And, uh, of course, he plays in our group. But uh, just, I tried to get the best, the cream of the crop of the players that I could, and I found some good ones. Yeah, the keyboardist wasn't bad either. No, that's Javier, Javier Santiago. You're going to hear a lot of things from him. Um, he's an excellent player. He's a, he has an album out called Phoenix that has got some good airplay. But uh, I love Javier. He's a wonderful. In fact, his, his dad was a musician. Uh, his dad's name is Mac Santiago. He plays uh, drums, and he has a small jazz studio called uh, Jazz Central that we play at occasionally. But uh, Javier, is a, that's my man on, on keyboards. He's wonderful. All right, that was called Blackstone Aria from Kenny Thomas' release, Woodlawn. So now, Kenny, there is a link on your website for belly dance. Tell me about this. Oh, sure. Um, as I said, I've studied world music and the concepts of uh, integration of drumming in all realms of uh, artistic and uh, music. And uh, I studied the uh, Arabic uh, doombeck. And uh, I found that it's integrated into belly dance uh, for their dance moves. And you start playing uh, the doombeck drum, and you accompany a dancer, and the synchronization is incredible. They dance to the rhythms, uh, some of the uh, uh, Arabic rhythms. I have a book called Doombeck Dance that uh, really pre- uh, um, prepares a drummer to know about the different rhythms from what's called the uh, Maghreb in Northern Africa. And you learn that there are so many different ones that uh, have rhythms of their own that we just don't know about here. Unfortunately, that's one of the things that I learned in Japan. They have radio that doesn't have what we call our commercial top 40. They don't play the same 10 songs all day. They play songs (laughs) from all over the world. And you get a a much broader viewpoint of music when you do that. And Mm -hmm. when I studied uh, North African music and music from the Levant, where uh, Egypt and uh, Israel are, Palestine, you find that their music is just warm and rhythmic and melodic. And we don't really think about that so much here because our music basically is... uh, Top 40, um, in parentheses, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, um, as a teacher, I've always told students just explore and expand. And uh, the books that I've written on uh, Cuban drumming and uh, uh, West African drumming are basically uh, cultural uh, explorations. I don't like to limit people in, in uh, what they do. So even drummers, drum set, my drum set students, I tell to integrate the other rhythms, use uh uh, Arabic rhythms, use uh, Japanese rhythms, use Chinese rhythms, the, even the Korean rhythms. Korean rhythms are, are <laughs> wow. People don't really know about it because we don't hear it. But uh, integrate all the sounds that you hear from around the world. Don't just limit yourself. Matter of fact, my drum program for the schools is called Drums from a Small Planet. So mm-hmm. I try and emphasize it, the drums are just a, a vehicle for music all over the world. And in fact, for the kids, as I tell them, the first thing I say is, uh, you know, uh, what's the most popular instrument around the world? And kids often say, piano, guitar. And I say, nope, it's the drum. 
Because every culture that I've witnessed all over the world has a drum, a rhythmic instrument. So if you just uh, study cultures and learn about people, you'll find their drum and what it means to them and how you can integrate it into your musical concept. So I do. And uh, that's what I do in my seminars, try and get kids to understand that uh, music is uh, universal and the drum is the vehicle that we use all over the world. Hmm. Okay, so you mentioned a couple of your books. Let's talk about a couple more. What What is Zillia about? Z-I-L-L-I-A. <laughs> now, that's an, uh, a company book. Zillia is the name for, well, what we know uh, in the English language as finger symbols. Finger symbols, that you, the two symbols you put on your finger and the thumb to clash, clash together. Uh, finger symbols is the English name, just uh, a I would just say a generic reference. They're called uh, in Arabic countries zils. That's a Turkish word, Z-I-L-L. Mm-hmm. And zilia is basically the plural of it. <laughs> the, the the world of of finger symbols is zilia. So that book focuses more on the finger symbols rhythms themselves because if you look at a belly dancer, they'll be clashing their finger symbols together. But those rhythms are independent. There are different rhythms that accompany different dances. So we often listen to them and say, oh, they're just clashing the cymbals together. No, they're playing different rhythms that you have to analyze and uh, understand. Or the common listener won't really know that, but that's what they're doing. And so my book explores that for people that want to study it. Okay, and what about the book Jim Bay Gems? Oh, well, now Jim Bay Gems is truly... Western African, Mali, uh, uh, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal. It focuses on the tribal cultural rhythms of the cultures of West Africa, but each one is different. You find different rhythms and musical melodies in Mali than you will in Cote d'Ivoire, than you will in Senegal, uh, or, or that you will in Ghana. Um, even Nigeria, which Nigeria has more Central African styles, but the West African cultures have a strong, very strong drumming tradition for their communities. In fact, there's a word called the bara, B-A-R-A, which basically means center. And you play drums in the center of the city, which we could call, if you want an analogy, like the town square. But in Africa, they don't really have the structures of a square center it's just kind of uh, all around and but they do have a center of the, the community and people get in the center to have community meetings they often have what we call trials <laughs> if you want to understand the whole idea of community comes together to work together and they have celebrations marriage uh, funerals uh, uh, circumcisions, baptisms uh, in the town square, and so everyone comes to partake in the bara. And the drum is a central focus. They always have drums and dancing. You put the drums in the middle, and people dance around the sides, and it becomes a communal event. Everyone joins in. And as I tell people when I have drum circles, no one sits on the fringes. If you're going to sit out there, you're going to play a, a bell or a shaker or something. No one just sits around. Everyone t- partakes, and that's what a community is all about. Okay, and one other book, Mil Vices Merengue. <laughs> Mil Vices Merengue. That means 1,000 uh, dances. 
that's what the translation is in Spanish. Milvice is merengue. I don't have that, that roll of tongue like the uh, Spanish did. That's close enough. It basically <laughs> means uh, you're doing, you're, you're, what, what the book is, is playing rhythms of the Caribbean um, that revolves around the dance. It's for drummers to know how to play the rhythms uh, with both of their hands. I emphasize ambidexterity. Is this like I do for drum set players? And that comes from basically orchestral drumming, where you have to use both your hands for moving around timpani or on a marimba. You have to be pretty much ambidextrous. You can't just be right dominant-handed. You've got to move around. So on the drum set, too, one of the things I emphasize for students is to play with your left hand on the right cymbal or the right hand on the right cymbal. And so for the conga drum, I emphasize leading with your right hand or leading with your left hand so that you're strong on both hands and not just a one hand dominant, so to speak. Because with the conga drum, you have one drum in the middle, uh, the segunde, and then you might have a tumba on the left and the uh, conga drum on the right. So you have three drums. Some drummers use four drums. And so you're mm. moving left to right and you don't want to be crossing over because that's your dominant hand. You want to be flexible and be able to play strong with your left hand and strong with your right hand. So my book, okay. especially Mobitis Merengue, emphasizes a dual hand lead. So the drummers prepared for anything that comes their way. Well, I have to say, Kenny, that um, of all of the drummers that I have interviewed over the years, you are very knowledgeable about this instrument and it's playing around the world and these books that you've written definitely show that. So I'm very impressed. Oh, thank you. I, I try to be an educator as a, not just a musician, just to play some drums, but to teach because we all want to lead the, the, uh, the new, new players into the future with some background. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, Joe in the chat room says merengue means a lot of work for a drummer, but he likes the style. <laughs> it truly is. If you've looked, looked at some of the, the Hispanic uh, uh, culture shows, they, the dancing is like salsa dancing, uh, Brazilian samba dancing. Uh, the cuerda, that's fast stuff. You, you get a, uh, a, bring out to a sweat quickly. <laughs> you certainly do. Okay. Um, another track I'm going to play, Some Measure of Existence. Tell me about this one. Oh, okay. Well, Basically, it's a soothing melody that uh, I had this wonderful trombone player, Dave Graf, uh, who's just an excellent player. I love trombone. I, I played trombone in, when I was in, uh, in college because uh, you have to take a brass instrument for music education, and I chose the trombone. I love the instrument. The sound is just wonderful. But the, the name of the song, Some Measure of Existence, is just a, you could call it uh, an ethereal reference to life. It's from the title is from a book by this famous uh, Minnesota author Marjorie Bootner, and the, her, the name of her book is Some Measure of Existence, which is a poetry book. Because I write poetry too, I write haiku, and uh, oh, okay. she wrote this book, and she's uh, presented it to me um, because we we converse about our uh, different poetry styles and pieces, and I just thought I'd in integrate that title into one of my pieces. And this soothing piece, it's kind of soothing, just a easy listening, uh, driving. In fact, I, I talk to people that this is a driving song. You can put this on and drive down the highway and feel comfortable. <laughs> so that's what it's all about, just a, an easy listening piece. All right, some measure of existence. Thank you. 
Woodlawn. Joe in the chat room says, nice trombone solo. He's wondering if all the artists uh, were in the same studio. Do you guys recorded with the, uh, all artists in the same studio at the same time? Uh, yes. Well, everybody was in separate rooms. We had um, isolation booths for every musician so that the engineer could uh, balance the track. So, yeah, everybody was there. We could see each other. It was glass uh, windows, but we're separate. And you know that's that's 
kind of rare now because, you know, music is being sent over by the Internet to the artist to play on and sent back. So it's, it's rare that all the artists are together in a studio. And so that makes for a great project. Oh, yes, it does. The, the communication is yeah. important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So now I know that Woodline was released this year, but are you working on your next project? We certainly are. <laughs> We're <laughs> just uh, d- just developing the songs right now. Um, I've got I've have a large catalog of songs. It's just a matter of uh, tailoring them to see how some songs you might want to. Uh, well, like I said, tailor. So it just takes a little time to see how things work together. Mm, okay. All right. Okay. So, Kenny, let I'm going to close the show. Um, let's see. I think I'll close the show with Santiago Santiago Bay. Tell me about this one. Oh, that's that's a wonderful piece. I, uh, well, I wrote it. So I like yeah. it. Uh, I wrote that with the uh, pianist's uh, technique and style in mind. It mm. uh, is a reflection of a, as it says, Santiago Bay, just to give the imagery of. Uh, uh, the Caribbean, so to speak, um, and just the, the different flavors you might experience there. It kind of flows in the beginning, then we get kind of a, uh, energetic. But just a relaxed piece that you might put on, get your, your lawn chair, not lawn chair, <laughs> but get your, your deck chair out and on the, on the sand and just relax, listen to some music, a nice melody, and uh, enjoy your pina colada or whatnot. And uh, just have the, the music in the background just to relax. So that's what I intended. And, and the name, of obviously, because I wrote it for Javier Santiago. Uh, and I wanted something of that nature, so I called it Santiago Bay. All right. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Oh, well, of course, uh, just, you can look for on Facebook, um, Ken Thomas Life Force. You can just type that in. And if you put in Ken Thomas, usually it comes up because I've been getting a lot of hits and uh, request for the CD and whatnot, but uh, 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 otherwise, um, all about jazz has. I have a page on all about jazz, the, the website of uh, musicians around the world, essentially. Um, that's that's where I am, and uh, look for us on YouTube, of course. The Kenny Thomas Life Force. I've got some uh, video of uh, our live shows, so those are available for people to see if they want to. And of course, you can get the CD on Amazon or uh, CD Baby or um, Deezer. This, the CD is available. All the tracks. Um, I'd appreciate it if we got a, a physical CD. Um, then you could appreciate the uh, artwork and the liner notes and the. You, it's just a, a project that I'm really uh, I enjoy doing and I'm proud of, and I hope you will enjoy it too. Please follow him on Twitter at Kenny K E N N E, and on That's Instagram right. at Kenny Thomas. So you can That's follow right. him there as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, oh, for it's been wonderful. To, uh, yes. And you want to finish with what soon? Santiago Bay. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And you have a good show this evening. I sure will. I'll tell everybody that I, I, I listen to you and just I'll promote your show as well. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have a good okay. evening. All right. Thank that was you. drummer Ken Thomas. His new release is called Woodline. You'll find that on his website, Wood, uh, Woodline, KennyThomas.com, K-E-N-N-E, Thomas.com. Josh and in Germany, thanks for hanging out as always. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz, and I look forward to Talking Smooth Jazz with you again next time. Until then, keep it smooth. This is Santiago Bay. Have a good day. Thank you. Good day. 
Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz. And visit the website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com.